I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Welcome along to the Live Ranch here on Monday, 8pm, which can mean only one thing. Myself, Gob and Boise are going to talk some dying nonsense, maybe a bit in common sense, but just damn right. Enjoy ourselves for the next few hours, boys. 8pm. 8pm. It's close, isn't it? <laughs> we all do it. As, as the a, next time somebody as makes a, a double to win the tournament, that's, that's our new excuse. They won it. It was close. <laughs> it may have been a little bit of a rush tonight. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, we, um, we we deal with it and we get on with it. <laughs> oh, the amount, of time the, opening, the, the amount of time the opening of the show is taking the myth out of me. It's about time I've had something to throw back at one of you. So I'm taking it and I'm holding on to it. <laughs> you say that, but you could just be better and then we wouldn't have to bully you. Or we could just have 36 hours in a day <laughs> would be nice. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. 36 hour days would be good. Um, Puppet masters in the well, background keeping us busy. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's all good fun. Welcome along in the chat room. As always, I'll just, just tee something up here because the chat room's not showing for me for some reason. I don't know why. Well, you messed it up. Well, I'll say hello to everybody in the chat room then. Uh, Craig's in, Adrian's <laughs> in. Uh, Rose is in, Owen's in, Andrew says hello everyone, Malachi says who said it for 12.45, see Phil was organised, he set it up knowing he was going out this afternoon, so the show was ready, so we could start sharing it, but he wasn't here to press go, um, Tommy's in, he says good evening everyone, uh, James in as well, Craig's in, just said that one, Malachi says Phil was on a date with Emma Payton and lost time, don't think so, <laughs> it wouldn't be, yeah. <laughs> Um, the back end of YouTube is a right mess today for some reason. I sit in the front end all day while I'm working. Yeah, see, I'm... For the amount of time I've been on YouTube, I've got to start for premium and all, because adverts are doing my absolute nutting these days. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not showing in the front end, so I'm going to have to try and juggle the the other end at the same time. But, yeah, know, we, um, we, we, we plough on. Hope everyone is good. Um... It's always a pleasure, never a chore. I, I'm not going to lie, we put nothing teed up for this because I kind of forgot it even happened. 
But boys, that the pro tour Tuesday and Wednesday seems a long time ago now. Well, and the Euro Tour qualifiers. We fired them. I fired you a picture of them, but I think it's too late to get them up. But yeah, yeah Pro Tours. Yeah. Pro Tours. Was it Tuesday? Well, I don't even know what days they were. Was it Tuesday and Wednesday? Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. All, all, all the top boys, apart from one, had the, um, had the two days off. And it was, um, it was quite prof- profitable for the one that did. <laughs> Yeah, not a bad choice in the end. Well, as always with these, it opens the door for perhaps not outsiders, but those that haven't been on that run before or gone that deep and it it happened again. Please say it's connected to the chat room. Maisie's on delayed bedtime and we're going to talk about her dad to start. I I, I love that. Not only was Maisie put in sick days because she wanted to watch us, now she gets to stay up late to watch us. Absolute scenes <laughs> on my dance. Can you imagine when the teacher finds out and then goes to investigate what it is? You know, like when it's like talk of the staff room and it's like, oh, I'll go and see what this game is or whatever. And then they just stumble across this, across this show on YouTube on a Monday night and go, I've got a kid skipping school to watch these clowns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, it was unreal. But yeah, Players' Championship 14, John O'Shea makes his first PDC final. Missed out to the Bully Boy, but a great day for the Joker boys. Yeah, great day, great run. Some some of those wins, um, top wins, even early on to get, get rid of Asp, who's coming back into some good form, you know, early on into the day. And then the likes of Cheesy, Ross Smith, who's playing well. Um, it just... Very much seemed like it was a it was a day of Michael Smith as a very well he was playing, especially in the final. But what a run from the Jota. Um and one now that will push him on to you can see him get into the back end a bit more, the confidence he'll get from these. Yeah, it's getting there with the big boys missing. But they've done it when they was sort of starting in the PDC and they've taken those opportunities to get where they have to die. So it's a it's a great run. Um great day to get to the final and Something that I'm sure he'll he'll push on with more and more now. But it was Michael Smith who just showed that bit of experience, bit of quality in the final at that over the line. Well, yeah, look, let's be fair. The way they scheduled this, there's going to be more opportunities for people because your yeah. top players aren't going to be going. They're they're safe at mine. They're safe in this. They can just take them off now. Ten ten thousand ranking points is not a lot to the top players in terms of where it gets them and stuff like that. Yeah, I I think that will be the case. We will see it more. I was looking at I was looking at the calendar early on and just looking at like the next two three months and it's just bombarded, especially when the World Series starts as well. And with it with a lot of the top players going over there, they are gonna pick and choose. We're gonna see it more, but it will open up these opportunities. And for someone like John O'Shea now, who's tight and that with both hands and got to the final, when they when those return, he's got that experience of going deep into these tournaments as the are. Very long days, a lot of top players in there. Um, so, a, a great run, great day for John O'Shea. Um, yeah, completely. Um, on that World Series, we'll touch on that in question uh, towards the end. I've got a funny feeling there may be a bit of a surprise coming in the World Series. Um, but we'll come on to that later on. 
Um, moving on to Players Championship 15. Um, Tommy, don't worry, that is on the agenda. We will speak about it, as always. We're not going to hide. I've got the picture teed up and everything. Where it looks like Gezi's about to clock it. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll touch about that when we, when we do the Euro Tour. Uh, moving on, the final of Players' Championship 15, Gob, was one of the best Pro Tour finals I can remember seeing. Uh, Michael Smith, an 8-3 winner over Callum Ridge, averaging nearly 110. Ridge averaging 104. Yeah, and a ridiculous level of performance. Day two, you, you saw... Michael Smith on social media over the couple of days was pretty amusing. The, the first day, it was just getting there as if it was like a little bit of weight off his shoulder. And then day two, it was like, I wanted the weekend off and the wife wouldn't let me. And it, it tells you that even if you are one of the most successful sports players in your field, you're still ran by a woman. Um, so don't get that out of your head. <laughs> they, just, they just know, don't they? They just absolutely know. Um, ridiculous performance from Michael Smith in that final, as it, as it pretty much was over the entire weekend. There was 114 two rounds before that. Uh, 104, dropped to a 92 in the semi-finals, but I think that was just one of those matches where it just didn't click to start with and, and up until that. Is that let's, let's run through his averages of the day because the more and more you work back to try and find a bad one and go, oh, he went on a run. Starts off with an 83 against Glenn Durant, but, but I think you can be forgiven for being drawn into a match like that with Glenn. Especially yeah. as he's such a nice yeah. guy. If Glenn yeah. was an absolute arse, people would have absolutely no issue with going in doing their business, chucking the game on and smashing people all over the board. But it, it just becomes that little bit more difficult when they are a nicer character. Uh, beats Mike, John Michael with a 98 average. And it's 107, 104, 114, 92 and 109. That's a bit good. It's not bad. It's Yeah, super stuff from the bully boy. Also a good run for Alan Sousa. To the semi-final, he needed that as well. It's not really happened since the World Championships for Suits. Again, a Ryan Joyce run to the semi-final. This happens at least twice a year. He'll do nothing for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then just pop up with a run from from nowhere. Standard um, Ryan Joyce quarterfinals. There's a guy called Josh Rock got to a quarterfinal of a pro tour. God, how are we feeling on this one? Or is it too early? <laughs> he clearly would have won it if, he, if only he was developed. <laughs> yeah, though, across the entire weekend there's some much needed runs for a few people you look at the first day Dave Chisnell making a semi-final you've got James Wilson there as well uh, Christopher Ratajski just getting back into the habit he's starting to look that look, he's not looking the all-conquering Christopher Ratajski that we thought he might want to be but he is just finding that little higher level of consistency Above that, Kim Hybrex last 16. Then you look at the second day. Florian Hempel is having a torrid time of it since about Christmas. The back end of last year, he was the next big hope. I thought, oh, be German number one in absolutely no time the way he's playing. Um, but he has dropped off a bit. So that quarterfinal for him was massive. Um, you look at Steve West with a run to the last 16. Adrian Lewis in there as well. Uh, and Rob Owen, last minute call up um, as, a, as a challenge tour player making the last 16 as well. So, yeah, some, some solid runs for people that needed it more as well. Yeah, and I'm not going to name the names because it's not fair or how we were told, but at the Premier League, we were told of a, a, a European player that may have experienced um, Wigan a little bit too much 
on, on night one where he came in on night or day two, still had the stamp on his hand and was rather happy with himself staying out until daylight. <laughs> he doesn't normally do it. Well, at least he was in the tournament the following day. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um, unlike someone that didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Nathan Gervin was the recipient of a last-minute call-up due to... um not feeling very well. Um, two stories on, on this one incident. One, the manager in question, we were laughing at him on Thursday. He said, don't worry, I've already got the email for the DRA ready. And then Nathan Gervin got Chris Mason out of bed at 8 o'clock in the morning to take him to the train station. <laughs> it's a nine and then gets beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, um, May said goes, I wasn't impressed getting woken up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Joker himself is in the chat room, John. How are we doing? But overall, a very good weekend or a very good couple of days for um, Michael Smith. Uh, Missy is back in the chat room. Hope you are good. Um, from there. I, ha- I have got some stuff teed up now, so we can we can, we, we can do this. Um, Premier League first. The Roadshow rolled on to Sheffield, night 14. And if I'm being honest, this has thrown up more questions than we wanted. I thought we may have some answers after night 14, but now we've got more more questions to answer going into 15. First of all, the news did break. We, we kind of expected it, boys, that James Wade wouldn't play um, due to obviously being taken ill in Leverkusen. Again, we wish James a speedy recovery. Um, so Joe Cullen got the bye. Moving on, game number two. I'm going to go to you first, God, because it's Marmite for you. Um, Kezi wins, arguably the best we've seen him, but... Gary looked okay. Oh, no. It's a mid-90s average where he's competitive for a bit and doesn't finish the job. It's the Gary we've seen literally the entire campaign. There's only been two or three first-round losses for Gary this year when you've gone, no, that was crap, Gary. Sort it out. Motivate yourself. Sub-92, 93. The rest of it has been okay darts. It's competitive for the first couple of legs. Never really kicks on. And this, yet again is another example of that for Gary. I could just voice note record the same script for Gary for the next two weeks and we can just get it done with. But again, looking at it, flip side of it, spoiler alert, we all know who won it. But this was good signs for Gezi in game one because we haven't seen these kind of averages for a while. Yeah, better. And look, there's always the the narrative between these two from the ground slam. Yeah. Um, which, well, I'm not sure it helps anybody, but in this case, maybe Gezi just used it as that, just that little bit more motivation that he needed, etc. Um, he spoke pretty well in his interview afterwards, saying he feels like he's got his arm back, which just makes him competitive out of, out of nowhere, really, well, after a you Yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, uh, I could not drop any more hints last week that that was going to be the first semi-final if I tried. There was no, I predict this. It was, 
this will be the semi-final. <clears throat> Mind you, at one point, in those first couple of legs, Jesse was giving it some, and you could just see Gary was starting to tick. Boise, you could just see it on the stage. The, re- the levels of redness just went up a few notches in those first four legs. Yeah, just it's just not enough on with on with dog. It's just it's it's okay. There is that there is that bit of rivalry and that between Dando and Derwin Price. Well, with a lot of people and Derwin Price, as I'm sure we'll touch upon throughout the show. But it's just not enough at the minute. There's got to be more consistency there. It's okay being fired up and that, but you need to be able to perform in it. The numbers that these guys are, and I do. Like the next two weeks of watching Gary Anderson, if he's performing like that, I'm not looking forward to at all. We've seen it for the a few weeks before that, and there's the potential within a seat going into the next two. Hopefully, we'll see some fight and some sort of more drive in there. But it still wasn't enough for me early on. Phil, I was always sort of edging towards the price to see that over the line. The more and more yeah. I think about it, the more and more perhaps this does bode well for Gary for the big TV tournaments, right? Because they're not about starting quickly. They're not about putting somebody away with it 10 legs or so. They're not about doing something ridiculous for that in that period of time. They're about consistency over possibly 21 legs in the first round of the match play. 19 legs, whatever it is. I'm not, I'll lose track. Or if it's too clear or whatever. So at that point, if... if Gary's averaging mid-90s throughout this campaign, which he pretty much is, with 30 to 40% on the doubles, then actually, when you roll around to the match play, it really would not be that much of a surprise if he just eases himself into the tournament and finds himself in the last stages. If these were yeah, sub-90s terrible that. averages for Gary, then there'd, then there'd be a massive concern going, yeah, all right, but actually, he's just steady, isn't he? He's just steady and has been the entire campaign. I don't think he's been up for it from the start, which means you just lose that little bit of an edge against your opponent anyway. He's, he's sort of going through the motions in this. And if he's back in the Premier League again, I'll be very, very, very surprised. Emphasis on the four million varies. Um, but look, if this is his last one, he's been a brilliant servant to this tournament in the past. But it... Dobbs on mute. I'm sure it's a great point. Yeah. How did I manage that? I don't know, but you did. Which bit did I cut out? Um, I don't know, but we just heard you waffling. Um, <laughs> good for Gary. Um, the third <clears throat> stroke game of the evening, and pretty much as expected, Boise MVG absolutely battered Peter Wright. And when I say battered, we're not exaggerating to the fact that Peter Wright turned up throwing a complete Johnny Clayton setup, including a kite-shaped flight. Yeah, as Dob alluded to there with Derwin Price being, he was, he told us more that Derwin Price was going to be in that semi. I think we all edged that way with MVG. I know I edged towards a 6-1, 6-2. I think a couple of us did. Not exact on the score, but it was a, a one-sided affair. The problem is, we talked about Darry Anderson and Dob saying there, obviously, what a servant he's been, but his Premier League race has now been run for this year. He is, in theory, playing for nothing in these games, unless he gets to a final and he's obviously the 10K prize winner. 
Just Peter Rose, Peter Rose is in a battle. He's in a huge battle to keep in that playoff place for something that he spoke about since winning the World Championships, that all his eyes are winning this. And the performances, the changes, it's just all over the place. And I really do worry for Snake Bites going into the last two weeks. And he needs a stroke of luck, which may be coming this week, but he needs a stroke of luck to help him get over that line. Because at the moment, the only way that I see him picking up a winning this is if he's faced Darry Anderson and he to be 6-5 either way because they're both performing to me. Probably Dando's playing that little bit better. So I do worry for Snake Bites in this. We'll come on to the variables and the things that may happen when we look at the table, but potentially there is a an interesting point coming. Um, game number four, stroke three. Um, God, Johnny Clayton will still be sat there wondering how he hasn't won this game. Um, and for me, this one was all a little bit too nice on stage. It was a little bit nicey-nicey and I'll give you a fist pump, I'll shake your hand, you smile at me, I'll smile at you, flutter your eyes, game. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and that, that certainly doesn't suit Johnny. It almost diffuses Johnny Clayton a bit, doesn't it? Like, if he can just be allowed to get on and, and get on with his game and not have to worry about anybody else, then fine. But Johnny is genuinely just quite a nice bloke. So the minute you're getting down to that, it gets to effectively a chuck in the pub. Um, and a big comeback went silly on one of the routes. I think it was 80, was it? No, 72, wasn't it? And he tried to go double 16. Which I'm not against double-double at that point, but it's 18-18 because you put one in the segment and you hit it again. Yeah. Um, but Bully Boy came through. Semi-final number one, uh, Joe Cullen going price. And again, Boise, Cullen, again, having the buy doesn't do players any favours, does it? Because Cullen started slow, came back into it, but by that point, Gezi was in control. Yeah, it, it doesn't help. Obviously, the situation that Joe's in as well, he, need, he needs that momentum. He needs a, like, obviously this week now, he's huge for Joe, potentially, if he doesn't get, get a win, it could be in a position where he can't qualify, depending on other results, but it just seems to take a little bit away. I'm not sure the record of the other players who have had that buy early on, but it didn't seem to help Joe at all, and Derwin Price had that momentum. Very, very good win um, for Desi, but for me, it could just be never a step too far for Joe because of the levels we've seen from him uh, in past weeks when that pressure's been on. Um, but then, someone making their debut year, it's it's been a steady debut, I'd say. It's probably the some, where I'd call it right now. Would he have taken this at the start of the Premier League? Someone said after week 14, you'd still be in a fight for fourth. He probably would. Um, but the form coming into this right now isn't good enough and a huge week's needed. Semi-final number two, and this still fathoms me how Michael Verne go and won this game. Bully boy, God, this was this was a missed opportunity. MVG was there for the taking in this game and Smith blew it. Yeah, and after the form of the two days previous, the fact that running out of weeks now to get over the line in the title and the fact that he had Michael Van Gerwen exactly where he wanted him. The only thing you can say is that he started counting the chickens a little bit too early, perhaps took his eye off the ball, allowed Van Gerwen back into the match um, and lost him a decider. Where that all-important 
Michael Van Gerwen being named first gets you the pro. Yeah. Um, the final. I enjoyed this final, boys. And when the when these two are both playing well, for me, this is the best game in World Darts when they're both on it in the, the current day and age. Um, and it was it was decent. Look, MVG again. Boise will think this is the one that got away. But again, as Gobbs just said about the semi-final, this comes down to Gezi having the darts in that final leg to win it 6-5. What's, what was it? 21 in 4? 21 in 24 before this week? So what? 24 in 27 now if you got the throw? And it's been yeah. unpicked to us the throw three times this week and it's on that way then. Um, yes, it's on to the last leg and obviously the advantage is with Desi, but MVG had his opportunity being 4-2 in front in this one. Yeah. Uh, lead. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good final. It's, it's one where We've seen MVG and Johnny Clayton thumbs over quite a few times in this Premier League and put on absolute top shows, 105 averages between the pair of them. Not those sort of numbers in there, but there was a lot that happened. And for me, yeah, I agree. It was a very, very good final. Are they the best two in the world when on it? I think there's a couple of players who would have a, a few things to say about it. Uh, I'm not sure I'd be on with Dabu shaking his head. I don't think they are, but they're in the mix. There we have the, the custom picture. Guess he gets the right <laughs> to be finished. It's, it's his second right to <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just not very good, is it? That's, that's the worst one of the lot. What? Like... You're not a boxer. I completely get the two because that's his second win, right? Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks for that. Why on earth? You were a boxer for three weeks and it knocked you out of the Premier League for three weeks. What are you doing? Um, get your body set down. Before we go and look at the tables and everything, we've got a couple of clips, both from, from the winner. Yeah, I think at the moment... I'm probably better than Peter's been playing because although I've been playing rubbish, Peter's probably been just the same or even worse than what I have. So, yeah, it's going to be tough next week. But if it comes down to the crunch, I think, uh, yeah, Newcastle, I'm going to do it. Yeah, but if, if I get to the top four, I will win it because I know I've, I've scraped through. Uh, even if I finish top number four, number three, whatever, I know if I get through that top four, I, I will win this event because... Possibly I don't deserve to be there, but when I sometimes in tournaments when you have a little bit of luck, then you go on and win. And I, yeah, if I get through, I've definitely had a bit of luck. Clip one, but I prefer clip two. This explains Gezi's problems over the last few weeks. There's a lot more in the tank and there's a lot more to come. I feel even today when I was practicing, I said to my mate John, I said, I feel like I've got my own arm back. Like for the last couple of months, I feel like I'm from a Phil's arm, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I just feel like I'm from with somebody else's arm and things not going right. But today I felt like even first three, four, five darts when I was throwing today, I said, I feel like I've got my own arm back. <laughs> so, he'd be wrong bottom he on your arm. Jesse was frying with my arm for the last few weeks. <laughs> uh, uh, how are we all doing? But yeah, it was um, it was interesting, and it's interesting what he says that if 
he gets there, he will win it. There's a few of them saying that. Not sure he will. <laughs> well, we'll touch on, we'll come on to that in a minute. Few in the um, chat room. Andrew is in. Uh, Mr. Righty is in. Says, good evening, guys. Hope you are good. Um, Rose is laughing at Phil's arm. Hey, look, he made my arm throw all right for a few weeks. Just not as good as his. Um, and again, on, on I'm paper. I'm well myself at the minute, and it's as we've hit the, the three week break for our season between winter and summer league. If you want, next week, fix your start again. I'm going to be terrible. Um, there was his run on paper. Again, looks impressive. So, the league table. There is, there's, there's some conundrums here. There's some things we don't know. So, first of all, the way the James Wade statement was worded from the PDC, I'm not convinced we see James for the rest of the Premier League, as in here or Newcastle. It didn't sound particularly, that might be completely off, but the way it was worded... It didn't sound particularly hopeful that we're going to see James, did it? Well, spend three nights in hospital. It sounds pretty serious anyway. So, look, that, that's a decent... It, it's a presumption, but it's a, it's a presumption with, with basis, basically. It, it, the statement didn't sound great from either side. We haven't had an update. We don't know if he's back in the UK. And at that point, I would have thought he's if he was home. back in the UK, we would have had a second update. He's home. I, I know he's back in the UK and he's home. Okay. That, that changed it a little bit, but still, yeah. <clears throat> the, me and Lee were looking at this earlier, and unless the final at the O2 is Peter Wright against Gerwin Price, Wade is there. We think. Well, is he? Yeah. Is that definite? So if Peter Wright beats Peter Wright beats Derwin Price in the final on Thursday, Peter Wright can be on the same points as James Wade, and potentially their difference depending on results. Derwin Price would then be on twenty-one. Derwin Price then wins the final week. He would then be on twenty-six. Wright and Wade would be on twenty-five. Depend on that difference. If Wright gets the convincing wins. Right could then be above Wade. So we could make it. It's an exceptional circumstance, but it could happen. I'm just thinking if if Peter or Gezi win this week, or we'll, we'll do our Premier League predictions, obviously, when we look at it at, at the end. But Gezi has to win at least one of these two weeks together. He won't get correct. them to two finals. Yeah. That's a point. Yeah. Which means, as a minimum, he has to be in the final this week. Um, no, because they could still catch right. They could still catch Peter. We're talking about catching James for third here, so he doesn't. He did, yeah. Again, it, it is. A, yeah, yeah. We're looking at. We're looking yeah, yeah. at James dropping out. Sorry, it's because we were talking about James not being there. So it was, yeah. if he's not there, yeah. how much of a risk is that by not playing the next two weeks but still being able to reach Berlin? It would be quite ironic that James falls ill in Germany and the next time he plays is in Germany after coming home for three weeks. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's just interesting. And I suppose we've spoken about the the buy situation in in the past, but this is throwing it up even more that. It, this is this is causing an issue when players can't play a week. I understand that when players are ill and things that happen, they're injured. That sport that happens. But if this is to stay next year's for the knockout stages, there has to be a player on standby every week for me, because this this buy is causing an issue. No. Yeah, First of all, it's causing it's a solution for the TV times because let's not forget there was still a massive risk through the first four or five weeks yeah. that this format got shortened because they weren't getting done for half ten like they were supposed to be. So the weeks where they've had a buy, the first time the buy happened came at a very, very good time for Sky and the PDC because it just alleviated a little bit of pressure they were getting on not finishing in the time slot where they needed to be. <clears throat> but I agree, they do need a standby player, sorry, Nick. Yeah, it's, 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 oh, no, it's just... how it currently is, yes, it's not been ideal, but for me, the issue then comes on night 16 more than it does on night 15, because if you have that, them meeting, and James Wade could be in fourth, it could be fourth versus fifth, and he's in that fourth spot. Like says, it does depend on the results this week, but you've got your knockout dames are dependent on where you are in the league table and then that player doesn't play and it can have an impact on other players. Yes, the other nights have, but right at this time, there's a huge concern about Newcastle more than there is London because we've seen that with four. That if, if it happens, it'd be four occasions, I believe. Four, maybe five occasions where it's happened. Not ideal and it's benefited more than it has others. But if you don't into that final night, which has an impact massively financially, that's where it's a, a huge concern. And, but I agree, it should from a format and a view of improvements for next year, there should be a standby. How to do that, how the points work with that, I'm not sure. Um, but it's something that needs to be considered. Yeah, it could, it's just, it could. this could potentially, depending on one, whether James plays this week, and two, the outcome of where Gezi, Peter and James are, this could be absolute carnage going into Newcastle, not knowing. Yeah, and we also spoke about, when, we, when we've spoke about the Premier League and different formats and having a 12-man field but only eight players play and it rotates around and people doing, oh, but I wanted to see Dar Anderson or I wanted to see James Wade or Desi Price. That's happened anyway. That has happened and it's happened in previous Premier Leagues. The last Premier League, we didn't see Desi at all. Um, so, it's one of them where it happens and that's something where it needs to be considered. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just a thought that this could get very, very messy quite quickly. That it, it might go off without a hitch and it doesn't matter, but it could be an absolute bloodbath coming up in terms of... I guess that's the advantage of previous formats is as long as somebody isn't dropping out on the very, very last week in a league phase, you just double someone up and you, you play again twice to catch up. We've seen that happen yeah. before. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, that, that's what killed Michael Smith in his first Premier League when they thought when he had to play twice enough. in his Premier League game, he lost, lost both of them and never recovered. Um, Pretty much. 
but that was the Premier League evening. Lendl, how are we doing? Uh, Mr. Wright says Peter to win this week. Uh, I have an undercard next year, five to seven player prelim on PDC TV. Uh, Lendl, I like the idea, but it just doesn't work in terms of timings and stuff like that because they all have media to do before the Premier League and everything like that. So it just wouldn't wouldn't work. I, I like the idea, but from a practicality point of view, it doesn't... It, it'd have to be a designated player was on standby. Um, so, from there... Way, but they need to look at someone. Yeah. Um, from there, they all traipsed across to the Czech Republic for the Czech Darts Open. Um, first of all, it looked very good in Prague, didn't it? The atmosphere, the crowd. To have 1,100 in on a Friday afternoon, that's some doing for the Euro Tour. Yeah. Friday afternoon size of the crowd, very, very, very good. Um, volume of the crowd and reactions, not brilliant look they, they were very very loud they, they cheered very loud for their own players but again it's those interactions with players that they're not supporting I, look, we keep on about this i just don't think it's ever going to change i just think that this is more of a worry for me than the majority of venues because it, it became a bit of a commonplace in germany and Holland, and now it's creeping into england when you go to a venue like prague that you don't go to very often that's once a year, what they've been there three times. If it's um, a commonplace yeah. in that, if you rock up in Budapest and it's exactly the same, then there's an issue. Because new venues are adopting that behaviour before they've even been there. Uh, it happened in Budapest last year. Hmm. So it's already there. Because oh, I think remember, it's Gezi was. Well. Yeah, I, look, yeah. I, 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 I'm not saying I like it, but. I just don't think it's going to change. Needs. Um, but we went into the afternoon session. Uh, Martin Lukeman continued his good form. Again, banking more ranking money. He defeated um, 6-1 win, which was good. Roby John had a very good weekend. That's a tough opener to beat Scotty Waits, Boise. Yeah, I thought... Thought White was pretty poor, um, but the performance from Robert John was very, very good. Um, and it is, a, it is a good win as much as I don't think Stock performed to the level that he can. Uh, going into the draw in the first round, yes, you can sometimes have a little easier draw. Um, and when Robert John does start, he probably won't be too happy with that draw, but he certainly put in a very, very composed performance uh, to see it through with a, a convincing win. Um, Jose Justicia again got through it was a horrific game but you won't care about that one uh, Mickey Mantle very good win gob over Jeffrey Dejuan and it was, it was a good weekend for Mickey steady performances once again he was another that had a half decent pro tour I think it was where did I see him was it day two top 32 day two <clears throat> yeah 
solid win for him. Good performance. Jeffrey Desvan's back on the up a little bit. So just, just again, the lot, he's one of those players that the rest of the field need to keep him down for longer. Because if he gets going again, we've seen what he's capable of as a, as a potential like top 16, top 20 talent. Yeah, uh, Jules Van Dongen beats Brett Clayden. Look, Brett Clayden wasn't very good, let's be fair. Um, Jules Van Dongen wasn't amazing, but was better than an out-of-sorts Brett Clayden. Um, Richie Edhouse, again, a dominant performance. Um, 92 against not a lot coming back, if I'm being honest. Um, this, this certainly proved that the Czech qualifiers aren't up to scratch yet. Look, I, and again, that, that only comes by playing more, and I, I appreciate that. But but right now, the, the home nation qualifiers, I think it's fair to say, didn't really cut the mustard. Yeah, events like this will help enhance the sport, but at the moment in certain countries, and we've promoted some of them, we've talked in last week about World Top and, and like France being in there and those sort of countries, we know that they've got one or two players at a, at a high quality. Um, just the depth in those countries are not there yet, but these events are only going to help and support that. But probably that was the Richard Osteen was a, a clear example of that. Um, the, it was just easy to be true. Very good performance, and the players still have to do there. A dense, the crowd, what we're saying that you, you depth from the off, a very well supported crowd in Czech, but um, it, it's not there yet, is it? And it's got a long way to go, but good to see. Um, a large number of undones to the qualifiers we've seen with the numbers throughout the week. Uh, evening, Juanita is in. Hope you're feeling okay. Um, Ricky Evans and Josh Rock must be absolutely gutted that they've drawn each other because the performances they put in, they probably beat 98% of everyone else in in the round gob. Maybe if it was more developed, it'd be. I'm joking. I can't keep doing that. Can't keep doing that. At all. Um, <laughs> yeah, look what you said. It's the luck of the draw on the Euro Tour sometimes. Just on the on the Czech qualifiers, I think they might get to an issue where because the Netherlands and Germany are so much further ahead of pretty much the rest of Europe now. The more they try and add European tour events to different countries, the bigger disparity we're going to see between nation qualifiers. Where in Germany and Holland, they, they slot in pretty seamlessly now into that opening round. Yeah, they might be worth not picking and choosing because Euro tours are incredibly difficult to to qualify for. But actually, it might get to a point where qualifiers become more important for these Czech and Budapest and wherever else than they are for all of the German ones. And seems weird to say that when they all hold the same amount of prize money, but if you're going to get a home nation qualifier who isn't as strong, but their field just isn't as strong, some of these Euro tours very, very quickly become more valuable than others. Agreed. Um, moving into the evening session, um, Florian Hempel beaten by Ross Smith, but again, tough draw for, for both of them. Good for Smith. Um, Hempel Mid-80s average again, not really his very best, but Ross Smith done the job. Clear Mac against Belowetsky. I actually really enjoyed this game. Great experience for Sebastian. Didn't disgrace himself in his Euro Tour debut. Look, Clear Mac is a, a, a veteran of the Euro Tour, is the thing. I know he's only had a tour card three years, but he's been there or thereabouts. So, again, a good win for him, but good from uh, Belowetsky. Look, Chisnell. Absolute demolition job. 
no point on that one. Very good from Nathan Aspinall to beat Hendo. Again, fairly one-sided. Gaulas got through. Adrian Lewis, the start of his weekend, beating Ted Everts. Um, Lewis was in a world of trouble in this one, Boise, to start with, but found something when it mattered. Yeah, I'm starting to like the... I don't watch how I word this. I was going to say fight back, but it's probably not the right words to use about that <laughs> don't moment. But the, 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 the driving, the persona he's got coming back, there's a bit more confidence um, about Adrian Lewis. I'm liking to say he is in a, a world of trouble. That hasn't gone away after one good weekend because he needs a lot more of these, uh, a lot more good runs on the Pro Tour. But it was good to see because... We know that Ted can throw some impressive stuff. Um, he's world youth champion. He's a very, very good player. So for Adrian Lewis to get over the line in, when you look at this, there is, what, three or four of these first round ties that the players would look at as being horrible. You wouldn't want to draw. When you've got that first round, you wouldn't, you'd wouldn't. you be wanting to avoid Ted, wanting to avoid Adley. Probably in the top eight or ten, you'd want to try and avoid in that bit. So it's another one of those games, but very impressed with uh, A.D. Lewis at the moment, and it was shown in this game. Carol said the check beating Gabriel Clements. Where are we with Gabriel Clements right now? Because the German number one is fastly sinking. It's another sub-90 average. And since he got Fallon at the um, Grand Slam... Not really been the same. Not sure it's the Fallon effect. I think it's being top dog in Germany. There is an awful lot of pressure on whoever holds that mantle. We've seen Max Hopp get to the very, very top level and nearly drop off into oblivion at one point. Um, we've had Gabriel Clemens up there now. We saw Hempel gearing towards that at one point. Um Mind Schindler's been up on the rise and then dropped off again, and it's just incredibly difficult to stay as consistent as a, as a German player. And part of that, I think, is because there's so many German Euro tours in comparison to everybody, everywhere else. They probably play in front of a, a large home crowd more often than the majority of the tour. Yeah. Without that, yeah. Especially um, if you're the, if you're one of their World Cup players as well. World Cup players, you get an invite to the World Series. What are there? Six, seven German Euro tours. Yeah, six or seven out of thirteen, I think. So that's eight or nine TV events in German TV events. Big crowd. Because the, the crowds are a solid size enough. Some of them are bigger than what we get for UK majors at times because you think you have to sell out a crowd 12 times over for a UK-based major, whereas Eurotour is just five sessions. That's a lot of pressure yeah. on these guys, especially for a group who are collectively actually pretty young. There isn't really an, an elder statesman of German darts. You had Robert Marianovic, who's a Croatian, by all accounts, but 
there isn't really anybody that's been there and done it 20 years ago to just give these guys a, a nod in the right direction. Yeah. Then the final game, start of a very good weekend for the Dutch Destroyer. Um, again, breezes past Gert Nenches. Moving on to the day number two. And the result isn't a surprise because Ricky Evans has been playing very, very well. But the scoreline, the Polish Eagle didn't get his wings clipped. He got them blown off, Boise. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving watching Ricky Evans at the moment. I think some of the performances we know, sort of the antics and what he's like on stage anyway, that that's not going to change. But the performances he's putting in and to beat Ratoisty, 6-0, yes, I'm, I'm with Dob, as he mentioned earlier that he's not in the form that we've seen him last year, year before um, and where, where we expect him to be. But for Ricky Evans to put in this performance, his doubling was just outstanding. Uh, it was just a great win from Ricky Evans. And like I said, one I can see pushing on a bit more as we go into the next few months because I really think he can cause damage. Obviously, we know his speed and sometimes it's huge for him. Sometimes it lets him down. But... At the moment, he seems to find that right with him and he's playing some very, very good stuff. But I've, as much as Retice is average 98, I've got plenty of question marks about where the Polish Eagles game is at the moment. So averaging 68 but not having a dart at a double is a bit of a... Sorry, having two darts at a double is a bit of a false average because he's just scoring. Um, so when you put in there, he's doubling as well. That would probably drop quite a bit. I am worried about where... The Polish Eagles game is at the moment, but nothing, nothing on this one can be taken away from Ricky Evans because he's just a ph- phenomenal performance with those checkouts, one five two, the one eighties. It was just an all round great performance by Rapid Ricky. Um, hope you are on. Hope you feel better soon. Juanita and Stuart is in as always. Hope you are good, mate. Um, Mickey Mansell edges Brendan Dolan. It was a fairly cagey, edgy game. Uh, Luke Humphreys dispatched a mine. Luke wins 6-1. Rob Cross was never really troubled by Jules Van Dongen. A good result, though, Gob, for Dimitri Vandenberg. Although his weekend didn't get any better, it's a starting point. 6-4 win over the ass. Yeah, I'm, it's a bit of a toss of a coin of whatever we're going to get with Dimitri pretty recently. Um, I, I just don't know. He's not producing that very, very top level where he's ridiculous and if he is producing that it's, it's a very much a one-off level and then we'll see it drop back into the the mid pack if you like um i'm not sure if he's just going to come alive when we start hitting the match play and beyond where it's big tv events but like yeah. these orators in terms of crowd reactions and noise and and the production of it as well nowadays they are pretty much televised events they are in in other countries, they're just not in the UK. They're, they're streamed, and it's a way of dis of, of naming them differently or whatever. But yeah, concerns for Dimi right now. He just don't know. There's just that little bit of spark missing from his game right now. No, I'm I'm with you. Uh, Jose de Souza beats Martin Clearmacher. Uh, Dave Chisnell edges out Daryl Gurney. Enjoyed that one. Uh, very good game from both. Well over the ton averages. Arguably one of the games of the tournament. Uh, and then Roby John beats Michael Smith in somewhat of a surprise. 
Boise. I think you've been generous there. I think it's a huge surprise with the weight that Michael Smith just had. Obviously, coming on the back of back-to-back Pro Tours, uh, a decent win on Thursday, set to the semi-finals. And then he would be feeling very confident coming into this weekend, fully by lifting the title. But I think this was a, a big surprise to see Robbie John. We know he can put in these performances. We've seen him do it before on a big stage. But Smith must have been coming into this weekend as one as one of the favourites the form he was in. Um, so for me, it was a huge surprise. The British, British one on Saturday for me. I'm not sure about that. Go on, go. I think because of the week he's just had, that's why that's not a surprise. If he's already complaining he's knackered after Pro Tours, then the semi-final on Premier League, where it just goes away from him at the back end, to arrive there, play pretty, what was he, last in the afternoon session? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but exactly. Put it down to a long-ass week. <laughs> it, no, yeah, it's, it, it was on... Go on, Phil. I say he, he would have wanted to play third from last or somewhere in the evening session after travelling on the Friday and stuff like that. Yeah, all, all I was gonna say is I'd be I'd have been surprised I would have been less surprised with the result if it would have come on Sunday at twelve o'clock or Sunday at half past twelve, where the fact he's just travelled on the on this in the Friday He's had then the all of Saturday to prepare for it. I'm surprised with that one. If it was like a bit later on in the weekend, then maybe. But um, I still think it was the biggest one on the day. But fair play to Robbie John. Getting out of the line. I don't think it was. I think this next one is up there. Adam Gowlas beats a very out of sorts Damon Hetter. When was the last time we saw Damon Hetter? I only averaged 90 in the Euro Tour. I'm not sure if we're just seeing the the wave of Damon Hetter passing a little bit. He was on such a high for the last two, three months. It was like the form he is in, he has to go and win something. And we're just starting to see him creep out first round of more and more tournaments now. And I'm not sure if that is the, the talking up of just how well Damon Hetter was playing and he has to go and win something, or if it was just a, a really, really strong purple patch from him. But it's not quite going his way opening rounds. He's losing very early an awful lot at the minute and that's a big, big change from Pro Tour finals and looking like he was going to go deep. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Mandeville beats Martin Schindler. Again, a good performance from Vincent. Uh, Van Dijvenberde beats Carol Sedlicek. This was a surprise as well. Jose Justicia beats Johnny Clayton in a last leg decider. Um, Again, Clayton played well, but Justicia just did the big moments in the game, Gob. He did indeed. It's another weird one from Johnny. It was a little bit, I don't want to say flat, and I don't really know shell shock either. There was just something missing. Yeah. Yeah, and then a very, very unfocused MVG, um, Boise, but I think he could have won this game, arguably 
left-handed at one point. Yeah, it's it's not some sometimes the performance of these top players. It's hard to look at it when they've they're not having anything thrown back at home. And at this stage, there was very very little coming back to MVG. Um, so I would probably look at this performance in in total isolation compared to where his form is at the moment. So I don't think this would be a, a true reflection. Same as probably back to what um, I think it was Michael Smith, Glenn Durant, the start of his run. It was just a one-off game in isolation where that performance is a drop down because there's nothing, there's not a fat right. being thrown back at him. You could see from the walk-on, he was unfocused from dart one because he was laughing and joking yeah. on the walk-on. Yeah. You, you know when you're going to get a good performance because he's focused and steely-eyed. And This one, Gob, was just, um, I'm never going to lose this game attitude. Um, then here we go I've got I've, I've got another picture we're going to come off this one for a minute this is where it all went off boys um, they have history we, 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 we know that um, and it read it's, it's head look just watching the game. Um, look, we don't know what's said on stage, but to the naked eye, uh, Adrian Lewis didn't do a lot wrong, in my opinion, Cobb. Went and asked for a handshake. Wound him up a little bit, perhaps by reaching round him, whatever, but there was no there was no aggression from AD Lewis. It was a little bit jovial. It was like, come here, mate, kiss a handshake, whatever else, let's get on with it. Um, Gezi snapped. <laughs> the, the, one, I liked the one thing it allows as well with the Euro Tour is when something like this happens and Mighty's put in front of them straight away, which is great for all of us watching because they don't have time to prepare. They're not going off down the steps to you know, have a quiet word with the manager to hand over the darts or something before they're interviewed. We de- this is literally the immediate reaction that in these scenarios is that you want up on stage that it looked like Lewis wasn't going to really be probed on that very much, but he wanted to say a lot <laughs> and he wanted to push it. But I'm, yeah, after watching the game, I'm in a dream. I'm not sure of what really happened or what either did run. Uh, the, the Lewis sort of hood while he's not looking, sort of putting his arm around. Yeah, someone like Prosu doesn't take a loss very well at all, visibly doesn't take a loss very well at all, um, isn't probably the best move. But during the game, I didn't see a fat lot run. Yeah. Come on in, Gob. Well, I'm actually going to commend Adrian Lewis on how he handled it. Look, It looks like he's going a little bit there, but I think he's just defending himself saying, what on earth are you going on about? I was literally just trying to shake your hand and, and whatever else. Not everybody takes winning brilliantly, and sometimes that's a sign of a, a good winner. If, if you're a happy loser, then you're pretty much a loser, as, as the adage goes and whatever. But all Gezi had to do was turn around, shake his hand, and then sort the crowd out, chucking his flights in. To not acknowledge it straight away, have your back to him, start chucking your flights in and whatever. Just, just give your opponent the fist bump or the handshake. Yeah, well done, and then do your stropping elsewhere. I'll say that about anyone. 
Is he going to deliberately throw your back on him and, and not react straight away when he first comes out? Yeah, and then go again. You're just looking for trouble at the end of it, aren't you? And look, we know these two have got history. I was in the bloody players' room when he walked in after the can't practice crap in yourself interview. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. But that's where I'm not sure if the way that Lewis handled that post interview is because he's either just not playing very well and doesn't want the heat or that's a little bit of experience now and, and growing up and knowing not to, to make the most out of it. All I will say, though, is if you don't want to shake your opponent's hand, you do have that right to. You don't have to. You, you do. In, we see it in plenty of other sports that they don't do it if you don't want to. You, yeah, you, you do have the right, but you also have the right to share your opinion on stage, as long as it doesn't go too far. <laughs> That's why it says that the only thing I saw that Adrian Lewis done run at all was put his arm around him, because if, right is, if Price has taken up the, I don't want to fist pump, shake and whatever at the end, the player then shouldn't sort of put his arm around and grab. However... I think it's unsportsman like not to. Um, and for me, I think it should be the first thing that losing player is, is doing. Like says, anything else can happen afterwards. Yes, in certain games, I understand that sometimes emotion in a final or something can probably that a little bit more. And you might be visibly upset if that sort of happened. But for me, in a game of this magnitude, especially with the experience of these two players of dark, it shouldn't. It's often prices in the run. So I'm just looking at the TV. Fabian chairs absolutely out cold on the centre circle at St James's Park. <laughs> um, was it a tough yeah, one? I, I, was somebody on the deck. I didn't know if it was. Uh... They both come up for a header. I don't know what he's hitting with, but he literally he was like literally sparked. Um. But look, all, all I say is that I'm I'm not one that. I don't, if you don't want to shake someone's hand, I don't think you should be entitled to forget sporting. Um, God no, knows, no, don't forget that. sporting. It's literally the biggest unwritten rule in every single sport in the world, ever. But we see, but you we shake see hands it in every other sport. But they, but we see it in others. They don't. If you genuinely don't like someone, right? If I was right, say I'm playing on the hockey, right? I'm not. I'm obviously not good enough to. But if I was. And I'm genuinely playing someone I dislike. I ain't shaking their hand whether I win or lose. I know where you're playing. It more about you than it does about else. However, Phil. Okay, so, okay, so we Phil, all know there is bad blood between two Dutch players, and rightfully so. Are you criticising him for not shaking his hand? But do they no, do they shake like hand or fist Do they shake hands or fist pump at the start of the day? These two did. Yeah, which says to me something's yeah. gone on. That, that says to me that something happened in the game. Until Gazi says his piece and says why, we don't know. That says to me... He won't that say why, because he's already, he's already posted on Instagram and it's already been picked up by a, a, a darts publication that literally just live off his Instagram and, and retweeting that. Um, he's already said his piece. He said he let it get to him. I, I don't know what he let get to him, but 
we said it before, he just needs to learn to manage himself on stage. The the difference the difference for me, Phil, is if there's something if there's bad blood between two players and that means they don't shake hands, fist pump or whatever they decide to do at the start of a game, then that, for me, both players should know that that's not going to happen at the end. The fact that this hasn't happened here, and the next time these two meet, if Derwin Price wins, I've got a feeling Derwin Price will try and shake his yeah, hand I, or fist pump. I'd rather have no handshake than go back to Glasgow. Was it When did Gezi play Gary in the Premier League? Was it this week? Week before, right? Whenever they played, right? Neither room. It was just a, I'm not looking at you handshake. That's worse for me because no, clearly they don't like each other. And, and yeah, whatever. I see Patrice Evra <laughs> offer a hand to a man who racially abused him on a football field. I'm not having this. Or we had a little bit of a spat on stage as a reason to not shake hands. I'm, no, look, I'm, if Patrice Evra can offer his hand to Luis Suarez then these guys can offer their hands because they don't quite like each other on stage, even if it's a fist bump. Well, I, I disagree. I, I wouldn't shake. If I don't like someone, I'm not shaking their hand whether I win or lose. And, and for me, if you have done it, if you haven't shut hands at the start of the game, then I, I wouldn't have an issue with it not happening at the end because there's that mutual that both, neither of you are going to do it. The fact they've done it at the start of the game and not at the end, for me, is then unsportsmanlike. That's the difference. I think they should anyway. I think the players should. Um, but if they don't at the start, there's that understanding. Where in this one, there wasn't, because there was a, I can't remember if it was an anchator or a fist pump at the start, should have been replicated at the end. The, and the only, the, only part, the only part of it is, we don't know if Derwin Price was going to offer that. Because Derwin Price never turned around, but he should have turned around a lot quicker than what he did and not do all the other stuff he was doing first. As By the time that happened, Adrian Lewis then had his arm around him, giving him a, a hug, shall we say? I don't know what he was quite doing, but... The salsa. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't going to sing to him, we're all right. It was interesting, that's for sure. It got everyone talking. Which is what and I it like. still has by the looks of things. It's certainly got people talking at then. Um, moving back on, uh, Ross Smith beat Joe Cullen, and Ryan Searle absolutely did a job on Richie Edhouse. Played really well going into the final day then, and this is what the Euro Tour is all about. Uh, Roby John. Beat Dirk Van Dyvenboda in a last leg decider. Goblin, this one could have gone either way, but it was a missed opportunity for Dirk. Yeah, slow start, gets back into the match and then absolutely blows it again um, against Roby, who, who seems to be finding his groove just a little bit. There's still concern to me on his release sometimes. He has such a, an aggressive throw and a snap in his arm that he drags them low a lot. Um, yeah, I'm not sure not the whatever, but I'm not sure that can leave him the way he plays. So he's always going to have that odd drag in him. Uh, but yeah, superb result for him. Dirk's looked pretty good over the last few weeks, I have to say. So yeah, good win for the Austrian. Uh, Jose de Souza got the job done over Jose Justicia. 
in a last leg decider. But, boys, I'm not quite sure how this one went to a last leg. No, neither am I. I was, I was impressed with Giles at the weekend. I thought after I dismissed how he's been playing at the moment, I thought generally it was a it was a solid weekend from Jose. But yeah, it was one I was looking at and didn't expect to delve as far as it did. The same while I was watching it, but fair play to Jose getting over the line in the last leg decider when supposedly Jose doesn't get over the line in last leg deciders, does he? Mr. Boss? Try doing it in a last 16 game. <laughs> do, it a, do it in a meaningful one. No, four people anyway. So then? So, huh? It doesn't normally do it in front of more than four people. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, it was my first thought when I was watching this game is that Jose's done over the line since five. I look forward to speaking about that on Monday. Uh, then Luke Humphreys beat Dimitri Vandenberg and then again another game I'm not sure how this game was 6-5 because the middle part of the game NVG scoring phase was just ridiculous then you've just solved your own question haven't you Oh, yeah, he struggled on the outer ring. Did you see Wayne... There you go, that's how it Did you see it, Wayne's tweet, what the scoring visits were? Yeah, there was a random 83 in there that he wasn't happy with. Yeah. Um, so, it went along the lines of um, MBG's scoring visits in the last five legs versus Mansell. 140, 139, 145... Um, there was a 55 in there as well. Um, 140, 174, 174, 134, 137, 83, 180, 180, 180, 123, 174, 180, 136, 127. Sounds like you're dancing out of time. 123, 136, stepping all over the place. <laughs> oh, it was just in. Yes! Sorry, oh, that went in five minutes, mate. <laughs> I just went round. <laughs> um, yeah, insane. Fair play to Mickey Mansell for, for taking it the, the, the whole way. Um, but MVG gets over the line. Then Rob Cross beat Ricky Evans. Again, both of them a little bit under par, Boise. Yeah, I, I spoke him up. Obviously, knew this was coming, but I spoke Ricky Evans up from how he's playing at the moment, didn't see this coming. But then, probably one of those results, not surprising, because Rob's finding a good weekend here and there. Um, and this was another one. But didn't expect to see Ritty drop off as much as he did, um, especially the first time, he potentially being his first time on the Sunday. So, um, it wasn't a great game. But Rob being just that bit more clinical, um, got him over the line convincingly. But a shame to have it though out this way. But I think there is more to come from him. Uh, Martin, Luke is in. Hope you are good, buddy. Good to see you again playing at the weekend. Uh, and then Ross Smith beat Dave Chisnell. Again, a fairly average game. 
I want to talk Ross Smith quickly because he's he's not been brilliant, but back end of last year, you could seriously have made a case for him winning one of these or a pro tour. He was just in that good a form and he's another that suffered a little bit through the early part of the year. But the last two or three weeks, the results are just creeping back in for Ross Smith. Not quite the performances, but the results. And, and that's a building block to then go and start playing even better and get back to where he was. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, the Ryan Searle performance here against Adam Gaulas is surprising. So the last round averaged 107, and he averages 86.77. That's that's a huge swing and a huge difference. Where is Ryan Searle right now? Because, like again, last year, sensational. We've seen moments of genius but we've also seen things like this a huge drop off yeah back end of back end of last year there was all the talk that if the Premier League got extended instead of reduced that he was a name that was potentially being spoken about at the moment it's very hard to have that argument for him being in that mix because of the inconsistencies and more bad performance than good ones and this was another one if you'd have offered him Alan Dolas Sunday in a Euro tour, no disrespect to Adam, but some of the other names on this list, you would have taken that. And to then put in that performance um, is very, very disappointing by Ryan Sol. And there's a lot of question marks. Uh, needs that bat on that practice board with his good friend Gary Anderson and put in the errors because right now the consist- consistency just isn't there. Um, and then Vincent Van der Voort beat Adrian Lewis. Again, this was a weird game. Vincent was, was he three or four and then up, averaging well over a ton. Then the wheels came off from both and Vinny fell over the line. I think that's a nice way of putting it. Um, quarterfinals, the evening session. We then go... That's the first... Normally they go draw bracket order, don't they? Yeah. Just notice on the graph, graphic they haven't. Interesting. Um, the order they I'm going to go and draw bracket. That bracket order. That is draw bracket order. No, it's not. Not the core finals. That's the order they were played in. And then the semi finals yeah, followed. Yeah, but. It's not draw bracket. Normally it's played because Vincent Adam Gallas is at the top. Hundred percent that's not draw bracket order. MVG seeded two, so he's gonna be in the bottom half. I'm gonna do it in draw bracket order because that's what I've got up. Um Vincent van der Voort moves into a semi-final. Maybe Adam Gaulas 6-2. And with this gob, has put himself right back in the match play mix as well. He has. He has indeed. I don't actually think Vincent played brilliantly all weekend. He just played steady, played solid. He took chances when he needed it. I don't think he was brilliant best. There wasn't any 
ton pluses or, or anything like that. But yeah, it was it was solid enough to, to go and make those semis. Um, Phil, then... I'm so I'm, I'm so glad that you mentioned the match play race because right now we are exactly two months away from Blackpool, and I can't wait. Oh, really? We're not going to go into the obviously the the depth of the match play race because there's a lot to play for still. But yeah, two months today. To be fair, Lendor, if, that, if that's true, then fair enough. But that's different to what the PDC media release that got sent out. It just says um, quarterfinals onwards to play in draw bracket order. That's why I questioned it, because that's what was sent out to us. Um, but then uh, Ross Smith run come to an end, beaten by Rob Cross again. At this point, you can see it's been a long weekend, because again, 92 averages from the pair okay god but nothing exceptional yep i've lost it um, because you're going to compete in order <laughs> well because i've got it up in draw bracket order on my thing so i'm doing it in that way um luke humphreys beats mvg and stops him going for a hat trick boy see it was a good game from both, but an early break from Luke Humphreys, and he never looked back. Yeah, there's certain matchups at the moment on the tour that, that always seem to produce, and this seems to be one of them. Um, Luke seems, as as we heard from him afterwards, it seemed when MVG beat him last time that Luke remembered the words that were said and made sure that he, he pounced on that early on, that um, he got the win this time. But it's just showing. Even one I will touch upon semis and final, but just individual wins. This being one of them, is just showing the the, the level that Luke Humphreys is at, and um, and what he can do for the rest of the year. And it was a, it was a very very good win by Luke Humphreys. Yes, it was a slight drop in the performance of MVG that we seen him pick up the Euro Tour last weekend, um, but he's getting to the bat end every competition it's seeming now. Michael. So even though we didn't win it, it's another step in the right direction for me. But Luke Humphrey's showing his worth. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on Luke more at the end because I don't want him to get distracted, and I think he might be. We'll touch on that in a bit. And then Jose de Souza beat Roby John to book his place in the final four. Semi final number one got Vincent Mandeville against Rob Cross. I know Vincent doesn't look at stuff and look back but he will feel this was a missed opportunity yes cross played very well to come back into it but this would have been a huge opportunity for vincent to get into the final yeah absolutely spot on again it was just a a mid steady performance from vincent there wasn't anything overly special about it i think that's that's what's cost him he didn't have that extra gear when he needed it at the back end of the tournament if you're not putting him a semi-final before he even stepped foot on the plane to, to get to the Czech Republic, he'd have snapped your hand off for it. But once you're there, you can't help but feel that, that little bit disappointed. It's like watching Forrest play in the playoff last week. If you'd offered them a 2 1 win at their bogey team in the playoff semi final first leg, they'd have snapped your hand off it. But they should have scored five or six and they come away disappointed. Yeah. So Rob Cross still hasn't won a Euro Tour even though he's double European champion, is into the final. And again, Luke Humphreys, 
did the right things, got in front early in the semi-final, Boise, and Jose couldn't reel him in. Yeah, he couldn't, and it, it seemed like that one led where he was down to was the one where we, it sits perfect, looted. Uh, Jose went one seven one one seven one. Uh, Lou Humphrey's put in a one eighty, and then even at that point, that was at five one. But Lou Humphrey's fighting the big fish to win the lead, and that yeah. was the night, the night Vienna at that point because five two, it's a completely different storyline. And if you'd have wrapped it up in eleven or twelve, that confidence is there. It wouldn't be just in winning the lead; it would be in the manner we did it. So Lou Humphrey's firing that one seventy. Yes, he sort of stumbled over the line after that, but it was just it seemed to be that start and then that one seventy was the, the total killer with a great start from Jose. Uh but it was just and then I think if someone would have offered Jose a semi final at the start of the week, I think pretty similar to Vincent, I think Jose would have taken it where he's currently his down currently is. Um but it was just not enough. And was defeated by the man who's now on our screen. Luke Humphreys picked up his second European Tour title in a short space of time. Into the top 16 in the world for the first time, Gob. But, 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 but. These interviews, he is obsessed with one thing. It's pretty much in everyone he gives at the moment. We've seen other players get consumed by it. Are you a little bit concerned that Luke is heading the same way? They all talk yeah. and all want to be in that Premier League. If I was in his team in his corner, I'd be saying just just focus on what you're doing. Just just let your darts do the talking because he's definitely on track for it. And yes, he's had that one experience as a contender where he did win down our, down in Exeter, etc. And he is a better player on TV than he is on the floor. Like, none of that is, is arguable at the minute. But the more and more you effectively shout up about it, the more and more that you, you're telling everybody that's where you should be, all you're doing is setting yourself up for a bigger form. Unless you walk into that Premier League next year and win it, you spend the entire time telling everybody you should be there, you deserve to be there. And I like Luke. I like his game. His, his attitude's been brilliant. The way that he speaks incredibly openly about mental health struggles, is, I think, has helped the game as well. A massive amount. But he's got such a casual throwing stance that if he gets put into that real scrap, that dogged battle in, in low 90s averages, that you're going to get some weeks in the Premier League, whatever format you're playing, I'm not sure he's got that tenacity to step up and, and battle it out. I'm not sure he's got that composure on the outer ring. He's, don't get me wrong, his scoring is, is ridiculous. Puts that first start in the top of the treble, bang, bang, follows it. it. It's so smooth, it's so casual, but you can't be casual constantly. No, it's fair enough, but congratulations. And he is into the top 16 for the first time in his career. And that does have an impact on the race for the match play, because Brian Sell will then switch over to the... I know there's still plenty to go, but it's just that little race for the match play is, is hotting up, Gob, and I think we're entitled to have a look at it now, because it it's relevant. Brian Sell is now top of the order of merit on the Pro Tour side of it. 
Luke Humphreys goes goes up. We all know Ryan Sell's still not a Blackpool, though. That's right, isn't it, dog? <laughs> he, he, he might get caught. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> um, like we were talking about, Vincent van der Voort is now only £250 away from the match play. Um, King Barry has dropped off. He was in green a little while ago, but he has dropped out. Richie Edhouse is making a bit of a charge as, as well, but the, the rest are going to have to find something here because there's just a casual amount now. It's not, apart from Vincent, it's thousands, not hundreds. Yeah. Yeah, and the concern is for those that have been there pretty much every year that are starting to move backwards. It's your Simon Whitlock, your Mervyn King, your Barney that I'm having a look in there. Um, they're, they're the ones that I'm, I'm really worried about because Mervyn King's had a, a good couple of weeks, but he's had a terrible start to this season. Simon Whitlock's not been the flamboyant player that we know he can be. He's not going deep consistently enough and that he's not getting any younger either. Um, I don't mean that nice either, but he is nearing 50 and eligible for the seniors. I think he might already be 50. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of travelling. These tours are very, very busy nowadays and that must be taking its toll on some of these players. And, and Simon Whitlock and Mervyn King are two of those players that are approaching that age bracket now that have been doing this for long enough, it's going to be taking its toll. And I think their results are suffering because of it and that they've been at the match play God knows how many times between them. But they're the ones at the big risk. Because you look at everybody else in that list. Mensor's all right, he's, he's, he's not climbing. But Keen Barry's on the up. Richie Edhouse is playing very, very consistently at the minute. Andrew Gildon is, is putting in performances better than when he had a tour card previously. And nobody saw him getting his tour card back, let alone playing at the level that he is right now. Uh, Gav Lass is on the up. Brian Joyce has, has done his sneaky best. Clear Macko is steady. Jim Williams in his first years doing solid. Danny Janssen's been a bit of a revelation with that main. They're the players that are, are still in the hunt and they're players that are all playing well and are still accumulating cash. Everybody else seems to just be clinging on a bit. Yeah, agreed. Um, so from there, associated talk action... I was the, the sad that stayed up and watched most of it because I was up. But there was some top, top action over the pond in America from the CDC. They were in Indianapolis this weekend. First of all, we had the qualifiers for the US Darts Masters. Uh, David Cameron booked his place um, there. He also qualified for Lakeside Gob. He will be at the World Seniors in two weeks. That's why my ears just pricked up a little bit when you said that he picked up this win because that's a steady little field there that he's come through, especially beating Danny Lowby in that final. And if he's playing well enough to put himself in these events and he'd literally just come from one lakeside event to try and qualify for the next one, keep an eye on him in two weeks' time. Ten days tomorrow. Makes it 11 today. Why have you said it so weirdly? Completely. <laughs> okay, he's averaged 84 in the final, 91 in the semi, and 97 in the quarterfinals. That's that's tidy. Yeah. Um, I mean, admittedly, some of those aren't nine legs, and he's got to win at least. Well, he's only got to win eight to get through the first round. Yeah. Um, the second qualifiers as well. Again, you can't help but be impressed with some of the numbers. Leonard Gates is always catching the eye at the moment, boys. 
yeah, always taxing the eye. Um, there's still a long way to go with his game in regards to him making that step. I, but what we've seen is it. What we say then, sorry. His counting is horrific. Yeah, there's there's a, there's, a, there's still a way to go, but we can. I'm sure we can see what improvement is needed to where his game is, and his game is in a good place. But there is improvement there you can see coming with each time that you see Leonard Dates. So he's, he's one I'm looking forward to seeing more and more. Um, How much more can a 52-year-old develop, though? He can learn to camp. Yeah. I think it's a bit late for that. How much, how much more than a 52-year-old develop? You might want to ask some of these on the senior qualifiers and they will probably tell you quite a lot. Neil Duff and Peter Wright. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But all right, how much more can a 52-year-old <laughs> in the CDC and not the PDC develop? Because he's still going to leave there tomorrow and go back and play a few soft-tip games where the counting's all done for himself. Needs to be in the UK where it's still, still, still get up there and mark. And I'm not sure you can teach yourself to count. I'm not. I'm just not sure that you're switched on by that. It's, it's either a concentration issue and you're not switched on to what you've got left early enough in the leg when you're on like 302 or 305 and aware of when you can and when you can't leave a finish and the darts you need to do to, to leave that in position. Or it's just a, a lack of concentration from a very, very early age. Darts isn't counting. Darts is pattern recognition and memory. No, I don't fully agree with that. Some of it's counting when you first start, but it gets to a point where it's just recall of 305, what do you throw at first? 18. Etc. It's knowing that, that you look at it and it's instant, not having to stand there and go, how do I get there? Trying to work out whatever score you need to hit to get there. Because I, I think it's a little bit of the embarrassment of just standing at the hockey going, I'm trying to work out very, very quickly how I score 130 or points to leave a finish from 305 as the example or, or 302 or whatever. And at that point, it's just, all right, I'll just get on with it. Especially if you're, if you're a rhythm player, someone like a Johnny Clayton. It's just throw your darts, work it out later. And at the very, very top level, you just can't afford that. Moving on to the Galaxy Grand Prix. This is a final that next year we won't see, gents. Don't get me wrong. It was a very, very good final. But two sword card holders next year will not be allowed to, to do this. Matt Campbell beat Danny Baggish 7-4. 98 average over 11 legs is very good from Matt Campbell. Clipping, just about to clip 97 for Danny Baggish as well. A very good final. Very standard in that one. Um, the next one. They still give them some weird names. Um, the Indianapolis 500. Again, two names that we've seen plenty of. Leonard Gates and Chuck Puglio. I have to say, although he lost, massively impressed with um, John Norman Jr. in this one. Just something about him that he's very watchable. Mm. <laughs> I 
don't know. We've had this before about Jose and Johnny, etc. And the first couple of times it happens, it, it's laughable and it, it's amusing, sorry. And after that, it just becomes stupid. Like, there is no purpose for what he's doing. Um, and then in the final one, which was, this was just main event number three. This one didn't have a name. Again, it's a champion that we, we won't see playing, if he keeps his talk card, Danny Baggish beats Leonard Gates. Um, Chuck Pulio, again, John Norman Jr. and I'm making another one. It's just a very good all-round weekend of darts for the CDC boys. Yeah, I mean, it, something that's progressing nicely. I agree with the decision I know we spoke about last week that was made around the PDC tour card holders not playing in these. Um, I think we may see Baddish in this next year. Unfortunately, just with everything that's going on at home and where we currently is, that that is a possibility. Um, but it's good to see not just these back and how many there has been, but the level that you spoke about, Phil, some of some of the darts that have been thrown in the back end of this are some top quality stuff from, you know, all semi-final, all quarter-finals onwards. They're all very, very good. Right. Chat room, get involved as well. As we look ahead to night 15, darts heads to the O2. And I may be wrong, but I think this is the first time we've had darts there that it's not been, well, excuse me, the final of the Premier League. So, will be interesting. Over 10,000 tickets have been sold. So, it will be good. But, all eyes on the race for... Berlin. Now, Michael and Johnny are officially there. To kickstart the night, boys, we have a Welsh derby. Now, Johnny Clayton was a little bit too nice last week because he's already in Berlin. Will we see the same nice Johnny this week, or is it hard to flick that switch and want it when you're already there. Will Gezi's desire be more than Johnny's this week? Um, I think Lee made this point to me earlier and I'm going to see it right now. The issue is that, look, every game matters when you're playing for 10 grand on the night, but they've earned enough and they're there now. There is no prize money for finishing top of the table. No. There's no motivation for these guys that are already there to go and cause upsets and win. Yeah, Johnny and Michael Van Gerwen are literally playing a match and say, haha, I beat you. And sometimes that, that might not be enough. Yeah. The only, the, only, the only difference in this one to any other ones is that Johnny can seriously damage Derwin Price been in the playoffs and when you look at the three players who are fighting it out for fourth if we exclude Wade from that and we feel like he's done enough if you are Johnny Clayton winning the lead who would you rather play right now who, who would you least play between Derwin Price Peter Rice and Joe Cullen the answer probably is Derwin Price so the motivation here is to have a easier 
semi-final on current form. That is it, though. There isn't anything else. Um, and my worry is that is the motivation this week. Next week for some of these, what happens when it's first versus eighth and second versus seventh, that that potentially shifts even more. I'm not sure James Wade has done enough yet. I'm really not. Because of the way the fixtures are this week. But we'll come on to that in a minute. Who wins? For Wade to have not done enough, what I think needs to happen is Wright needs to win the week and go above Wade on leg difference to the point and Gezi get beat in the final. But right now, I could genuinely see a Wright price final. That's the problem. The way the fixtures have worked, and that's why I say right now, I'm not sure James has done enough. Because I can see that final happening. But Phil, on top of that, Wright would need to turn round the lead difference. In addition, if he doesn't turn it round, and Wright and Price are sitting in fourth and fifth, well, they can't both win next week because of the format of the lead. They'd have to play each other. So Wright has to be above James Wade. That's why Wright has to go above Wade this week. Yeah, has to be above him this week for that to happen. Otherwise, Wright would play Price. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And but right now, I, I can see that final happening this week, which is why I'm, I'm not saying that final right now. Him, but it has to be at a level where, look, right, if Wade doesn't play, right, will get a plus six to his leg difference and put him on minus five. He's still got to find nine legs in two gate races to six. That's a 6-1 and a 6-2 win over Colin Orgando and then Gezi in a match where they're fighting it out. He's not about to blow him out of the water in a final 6-2. No, maybe not those two, but I can, like you say, if James doesn't play, they're six. And right now, the way Colin Anderson are playing... Yeah, that means he's going to find another eight. He's 14 behind at the minute. But that's, that's they could potentially 12 straight away. I'm not sure. I think we're writing off Joe Cullen, by the way, who was only a point behind Gerwin Price. And should should Wadey play this week and beat Peter Wright, Joe Cullen is well and truly in the hunt for that fourth spot. Well, I was about to say that Cullen is still in the mix as well. So I genuinely think there may be pressure on Wade to have to play. Wade is playing, according to Daniel. And we're all saying this on the potential of Wade. If he doesn't play, then the points are given. Wade's still got to come back and play this if he doesn't and win this to then put himself out of that fight for playoffs to be automatically in there. If Wade turns up and he's not fully fit and that's uh, a beating, that's an impact just as bad with him not going. Who said Wade is playing? Because it's not on Wade social. It's not on. I've just looked. It's not on Wade social.
I've just done a Twitter search for James Wade later. There's nothing in, out there to say he's playing this week. But anyway, back, with it back, as well, back. if Phil, if James Wade doesn't play and he loses six nil, it doesn't have an impact on his lead difference. James Wade does turn up and then that's it, does play and loses six one six two. It then does have a diff- it then does have an impact on his lead difference. So him playing to have an impact more than him not, depending on how fit James Wade is to play that game. Yeah. And again, this is where the system shows up. The, there's a flaw because, like you say, James may be better off not playing than playing because he doesn't that's get the negative leg, leg difference. And that's not right. Where if well, you work it out, if, you, if you're not 100% fit or not feeling it, it gives you an out because you're better off. I'd be tempted to be there. Why? Because if Johnny Clayton beats Gezi, then it's done and he can pull out on the night. Sit and wait for that result. If he needs to play, then play. If he don't, nah, he'd get, right, boys. You'd get fine for pulling out that late. It's funny though, wouldn't it? Yeah, I have, yeah, I have my be, two yeah. grand. Crack on, I'm there. Because the prize money I'll get from being there will be completely different. MVG's not just withdrawn, because MVG's in Budapest um, ready for an exhibition. Yeah, as I was going to say, um, Daniel, you forget that um, <laughs> I have access to MVG's Twitter. Believe me. <laughs> um, so, um, right, anyway, going back, who wins, Price or Clayton? I had price six four. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna repeat my predictions from Thursday night's fallout bar, but they were made under the assumption that James Wade does play. I think we have to anyway, don't we? But I'm still gonna go what I said on Thursday. Yeah, similar to last week. I think we have to go under the assumption of the plane. I go with Derwin Price to lose to John Clayton 6-4. I'm going 6-3 Price. Smith Van Gerwin. Again, this is a bit of a dead game because... Michael Smith won't make the playoffs and Michael Van Gogh is already there. So they can just get on with it, Boise. Michael Smith wins the night. He's in the mix. I was going to say, you say that, he would be slotting in between Peter Wright and Gerwin Price should they both lose first round. I don't think he wins the night, so it's irrelevant. Oh, it would be the most ridiculous run to go and do it because at that point you're pretty much saying he beat Van Gerwen, Clayton, and then someone from the bottom half, which if Wright's out first round and whatever else, you're looking at Wade, who are the most three informed players in the world. Yeah, um, the, 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 
the draw is very top heavy in regards to the players that are playing well and, and not so much. Um, I think MVG that's the win in this one though. I think we see MVG Clayton meeting her then on a Premier League stage. Cool. Yeah, I've got MVG 6-3 in this one. Uh, I'll go 6-4 MVG. James Wade against Peter Wright. Gob. I made this prediction under the presumption that James Wade would be here and it's not as serious. And look, even with, at this point, it was, what, four days out, I had Wadey to beat Wright 6-3. I still think even with a week off the board, the amount of tinkering that Peter Wright has been doing, if James Wade is fit enough to play, I still think James Wade is the better player right now. Obviously, that was four days ago. And there is a part of me now edging towards Wright just because he needs it. I expect him, knowing two weeks to go, that he's going to go back to the gold element darts. And there's a very, very big chance that he just doesn't have a first-round game. Him away because it's funny. Four weeks since he's won, but he's he's dotted that over the line. He has to that over the line. So I think Peter Wright. I, I if, um, if Wade played, I think Peter Wright as well. I just think that even if Wade is okay to play, I just think the time off the board, time in hospital, and everything that goes with it, he doesn't practice at the best of times anyway. So. I, I just think that for me, right gets him. Yeah, I'm with you. Joe Cullen, Gary Anderson, Boise. Just part back, Gary Anderson at the moment in these Premier Leagues. I'm not sure what motivation he's got in these. Um, and I said that when he probably the week when he went on and won it, but I just see it being going the way of Joe halfway. Go. Colin beats Gando six four. Same as the story that I told about an hour and a half ago now. Yeah, I'm fine with you. Colin beats Anderson. So from your lineups. I want to know who wins at the O2 and who they beat in the final. I think MVG gets to the final in the top half and beats in the final. I don't know how I've gotten that in there, but looking at that bottom half, it's just any of those four, if Wade plays, to make it to that final because. Other than Wade before this, the three had no form. Wade, we're not sure what's going to turn up. I'd be very surprised to see him get into the final if he does play. Uh, Joe Cullen, MVG, will be in the final. And it will leave a very, very important name between Joe and Peter on the final week. Go. 
can't lie. I had MVG to beat Gerwin Price in the semi. And again, admittedly, this prediction was made four days ago. But even with the illness, James Wade is so much better right now than the other three players in that half of the draw. So I had Wade to get beat in the final. I am going... Gathering Price beats Peter Wright in the final. Which would secure James Wade's place in the playoffs. Correct. Yeah. I just think that there's a switch in Gazi that gets flicked when it matters, when it's knockout cutthroat like this. And I just think the Iceman will find a way. Um, I just think that I, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced Wade plays. And if he does, I just think he he's going to be not there after everything that's gone on. So I think Cullen oh, yeah. and Anderson, I just can't back either of them at the moment. I, I don't think Wade plays um, and I do think it plays into the advantage. I think Joe, that's a better Adari. Um, I do think it plays into the advantage that Joe would have got then a win on the night and be down into that one against Peter, who's not playing very well and it would have been Peter's first game of the night. Is why I'm siding towards Cullen. But it's a very, it's a very hard pick. Probably one of the hardest picks this week because you have got the informed players top end and the out of form players bottom end. People take oh, one player in each. Completely. Um, get your questions in then, folks. Um, have we missed anything in a week of darts? Probably. Um, can you think of anything while everyone gets their questions in? Just as always. The the event, but we're too busy for that. There was a, a live league. Uh, in which... Live league, not live loans, live league. Uh, yeah, Ryan Finesse came through. Uh, next week's lineup, Phil. This is normally where we give it a shout. I think I've seen it banded around on social media, but um, this so is normally where we tell everybody who's playing from tomorrow. This week is brutal, by the way. Group A Jared Cole, a debut for Mark McGinney, Steve Brown, Neil Duff, Dan Reed, Nathan Gervin. Group B, Mike Warburton, Scott Baker, Peter Jakes. Group C, Stu Wilson, Andy Jenkins, Kurt Parry. It's a brutal week. Is it the final week as well before Champions Week? Am I right in saying it? It is. Correct. Three places available at Champions Week only. Um, so, question time it is then. Get your questions in. Um, 
is there anything is it a Euro Tour again this weekend? I haven't looked at or is it a, actually a weekend off or is it Pro Tour or Euro uh, Tour? Euro Tour is it Germany? Oh uh, yeah, is it Frankfurt or Stuttgart no, or something? Stuttgart. Yeah. Stuttgart. Stuttgart. Yeah. Uh, no, Daniel, the first Euro Tour I'm going to, I think I'm going to go to Budapest. I think. Of course you are, George Ezra. He. Um, just so much going on here at the moment. Next week is absolute carnage. Oh, oh. Closing all the windows we've finished at the minute. And I just shut Dart's rankings because that's definitely going to come up in a minute. <laughs> uh, few in there already then. Can Tottenham beat Norwich on Sunday? If anybody can mess it up from here, it's Spurs. Spurs to pull a Spurs. Not with Antonio at the wheel. Timo bagging a hat trick. Um, sorry, the quad. Um, any news on the Champions League of Darts? Yeah, it's dead and buried. It's dead. <laughs> dead as a dodo. It was only made for the BBC in the first place. They don't want it. Uh, do we think Gary will make it to the world feeling a shot retirement in the summer? I think the match play will be a big bearing on that. If he bombs out first round of the match play, I'm worried. Yeah. I don't see him. I wouldn't see him retiring now. Is New York before or after the match play? After New York. New York's. Three weeks away. Yeah. Right. New York, New York. Uh, there wasn't really a scoop on the bust up between AD and Getty. We just said that actually, for once, I don't think AD's massively in the wrong there. I think it was a general consensus. It's just a little bit of a petulant response to someone trying to be a little what? bit jovial. For a handshake. Good one from Lendl. If you could change one thing about the PDC calendar, what would it be? Uh, knock on effect for me. I'd spread things out evenly. There's too many no. TV tournaments at the back end of the year. It needs spreading out for me. I'd do the opposite. I would have six to eight weeks where there is no PDC darts whatsoever. Condense the tour into 10 months. How the FNL are you condensing what we've got into 10 months? It's bad enough in 12. Midweek pro tours. It becomes a full-time 10 months of the year, work your ass off for it, and then two months the players get a break. Because a 12-month rolling tour, as we're seeing this year, as we're trying to slot everything in, just is not working for these guys. So they just know that for 10 months, they slog it out and then they get eight weeks doing whatever the bloody hell they want. I'm, I'm oh. the other way. I don't like... 
they can, Tom, they can still manage it. Enough the, the, the top end players manage their calendar and the not top they eight. Shouldn't or, have or to they shouldn't have to manage their calendar. They shouldn't have to manage their calendar. The PDC so, should not be okay. putting on events that clash with others. So if, they're okay, at the minute, they're going to be if, if the because they're at World Series crap. If you get rid of darts in, say, June and July or whenever you do it, July and August, two months and then sit down, do you still, do you think 10 months of darts family and Darry Anderson still going to play in all of them or do you think he'll manage his calendar? Do you think Derwin Price, Johnny Clayton? Would... Derwin Price, Johnny Clayton? Well, you've seen them drop out of like Pro Tours now. They're going to get a big would... break at some point, yeah. I'm not sure they would. I don't like the fact that you've got the world's finishes in January, like the 1st or 2nd of January, the UK Open in March, and then you've got no other TV ranking tournament or apart from the World Cup. And then you've got the Premier League every week. That's just one night a week until the match play in July. It, it could be scheduled better. Yeah, but then we'll have a complaint that the players that are qualifying for those events haven't done it enough or it's on the basis of four pro tours. That's why you just have a 12-month rolling order of merit. They're not about to change your order of merit because it's too much hassle. Well, you, you, could, know, the, you could bring some... The only chance we ever had like... to adjust in rankings was to just shut down over COVID and restart. And go, okay, this is where we made the big change because you need a period of interrupted darts to be able to make those wholesale changes and go, right, this is your notice. We're going to phase this out now for the back end of a, an interrupted part of the year and then go, as of this date, this is how it changes. This is how you start accumulating. You can't just switch it on and off overnight and suddenly players have dropped 40 places in rankings or whatever else. Yeah, but Dob, we'd add some moving one up. We could move up something like the Grand Slam, where it's not on where rankings, it's on competitions. Obviously, you'd have the one race here where you'd have to yeah. look at how that works. But something like the Grand Slam, we could move. It's only the qualifiers where you've got players who are obviously not won something who are going to, to enter those. But that's probably the only one that you could move up and, and have that in I know, May instead of having it in November. I'd probably agree on the rest. I've been thinking about the Grand Slam as well, actually. I'd like to see 16 players qualify through the current EDC Pro setup, and the other 16 be two by two from all of the affiliate tours. So you get two Dev Tour, two Challenge Tour, two Women's Series, two CDC, two Asian Tour, two DPA, and two more blocks of two from somewhere. You'd have WDF? to, because it's a ranked event, you'd have to have a qualifier. Because it's ranked, you'd have to have a qualifier for it. All right, they can have the other four spots there. And then the other 16 are your PDC players, your event winners or whatever else. But if, you, if it was unranked, literally got... I agree with you, that, but because it's ranked, you have to have a qualifier for it because it's not fair. I, the I would then I would then only agree on it if you wasn't able to play on multiple tours. You'd only then be able to play on one. Which a lot of them are going down that route, aren't they? 
CDC are the, are yes, the most recent to announce it. DPA technically have it, but will make Devon exemptions. Are. Only really Asia as an affiliate that would be interested. Maybe Nordic and Baltic would be two more, and then you get a qualifier for two. So that's your 16 for every single then, PDC yeah. branch. The, 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 the Dev Tour, then you could, you've got two bites of the cherry. Women's series? You've got no, potentially two bites. They shouldn't be allowed moment. to play Dev Tour and Pro Tour. Yeah, but they can. So Women's. they've got two bites. Change yeah. it. Um. Yeah. Um. Change it. Do you think? Do you think darts will be on the zone in the UK? Yeah. Um. Eddie, Eddie will go in twenty twenty four with whoever offers the most money. Which. Look, we've been pretty much set that this will be disowned for a long, long time. Sky are chucking cash at whatever they've got to try and keep it because they know it's the only way that they stay as a channel. Are we a little bit, perhaps, a, a third name in the hat now? What, are you going down the BT Discovery route? Yeah, when you merge to that size that have got your BT Sport channels and your Eurosport channels... Possibly. Are they going to get involved in the dark? BT are going to have the seniors. Both have shown that they can hold an audience for, in, in comparison to PDC, PDC darts, things that are pretty small in terms of audiences. I just, I think that they'll take whoever pays the most money. So, happy bidding. Um, Will Raymond Van Bonnell Bo qualify for the remaining majors this year? I think we'll see him at the Players' Championships, the Worlds. So it'll be in Amsterdam for the World Series or the World Series event, which will probably get him in the World Series finals. It'll be in the mix. Yeah. For me. Yeah, I agree with those. Match play would need someone special. Just what ten k off it. Would need yeah. something very special, but the others, yeah, it, like... it is one from Tommy off the back of what we were talking about as well. Uh, which PD tournament would you scrap and why? There's none I would scrap. There was some, there, there's a plenty I'd amend. If I had to scrap one in its current format, if I had to scrap one, it would be the Grand Slam. Yeah, I've, I've, I'd, I'd still rather see the Grand Slam than I would the Masters. The Masters has now got a relevance to it as the Premier League, but I'm not a fan of the Players Championship Finals. That's the purpose of the Pro Tour. It actually qualifies saying... something else, but you won. Yeah, I like it. I like Players Championship Finals. I'm not a fan. It's just the same as everything else. It's, it's, it's big. It's big, though. You get 64 there. It is one of the bigger ones. It's better because of that, that you get to see more and more that can go and do bits. Can't keep narrowing fields in TV events and expecting people to survive in a sport that refuses to give first-round loser money. Well, it's just it's just the same. It's to just the, to the flip of it. The, the, the Grand no, Slam. That's, that's my point. The Grand Slam, though. Well, like, on, 
but I like the slam in with RT Dr. Group stages, short format. Yes, there's a lot needs to be done around the rankings, qualifiers, how it all comes around, but the actual format of it, I don't I don't mind the Grand Slam. Yes, it then goes into a normal tournament as such on the Wednesday. But I don't mind the slam. I think the Masters would probably be mine. Since they ranked it, one. the slam's been a waste of time. The group stage is interesting, but a lot of those sessions are lost a little bit. And then so the it's another match play. The, the qualifying criteria have been dubious for a number of years. The, but master, masters would be one for me, and second would probably controversially, if it's everything staying in the same format for the next five years, the next one for me would be the World Cup. Get out. Oh, to be fair, I'm with you on that. The World Cup does nothing for me at the moment. No, if, it's, if no, we're saying they're staying in exactly the same format. Pairs, you still do get to see pairs and you still get to see that playing for your country bit. That's still different to anything else we get. You did see pairs on the Friday, on the Thursday and Friday, and then a little bit on the Saturday and Sunday. But that's that's enough for me. It's still different enough to make me want to keep it over a lot more. And it's probably the only sport in the world where I don't normally tend to cheer for England. <laughs> I couldn't be any less patriotic when it comes to the Darts World Cup if I tried. Whereas everything else, I'm like, yep, Team GB this. I'm suddenly an expert in curling and fencing at the Olympics and all sorts, but the minute it starts, I'm like, yeah, all right, I want to see the Belgians win, or yeah, all right, I want to see the Aussies win, or the Scots, or whatever else. Whoever it was who asked the question, though, great question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the answer's the answer. Um, we never, we never, it's not. There's <laughs> one where the Darts rank viewing figures on Sky, um, only behind football. Darts is the second, the most, second viewed sport on, most, second viewed sport most watched sport in the country. Yeah. And part of that is because of how often it's on. The World Championships is 17 days flat out coverage, which if you think for a rugby game on Sky to get 17 days flat out, four and a half hour coverage, they'd have to do that for 18, 19 weekends just to get that same level, which, which certainly helps. But yeah, it's massive. It is. Well, boys, we have absolutely flown by this evening. We are deep into Fergie time. We started a couple of minutes late. That's why we've we've gone on. But it has been an absolute joy spending the last few hours with you. Plenty coming up on the channel. The Live League returns tomorrow, 9.30, for an absolute whopper of a group. A couple of interviews dropping this week. Got one with Nico that I need to edit um, then we look forward to the O2. Um, it's been good, boys. Not bad. Not bad. So, remember, this will be available. I can't work out if they're talking about Arsenal or if they're talking about the potential of you blowing it. and It's, it's making me entertained. Probably both. Um, <laughs> um, remember, this will be available as audio only from all good podcast providers 
Thank you very much in the chat room. I've been Phil Bars, joined by Jack Garwood, the Lee Boys. That is us signing out for another live league, and we'll see you all next week. Live land, even. See you all next week. <laughs>